keep your sexy thoughts about me and our guests to yourself, no matter how wonderfully perverted they are. Listen to the outro if you want to know how to connect and enjoy. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wiley, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we delight in the dirty details of stories that polite society says are shameful in an effort to make the world a sexier, more loving place. Our guest today is a straight white married dude in his 60s. He's into different kinds of porn, loves nude massages, phone sex, and erotica. He works in operations at a nonprofit, a Wisconsin native. Welcome, Thomas. Hello, Wyo. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Hey, I'm very good. Thank you. It's fun to be here. Yay! I'm looking forward to this. Me too. Can you start off by telling our listeners, on a scale of 1 to 10 today, with 10 being the shamiest and one being the least full of sexual shame, where do you fall right now? You know, five or six, but um, in real world, I'd be one or two just because, you know, I need to be somewhat discreet in, in how I conduct myself. So to me, I'm kind of game for anything, but you know, there's certain, certain things you'd have to keep undisclosed. Let's say that. And can you just give us a little snapshot of what your sex life is like right now? I tell people sometimes that some of the best sex I've had is by myself. (laughs) But (laughs) my wife and I have been married for quite a while, and it's just not a thing for her. I'm not saying never, but it's infrequent. Let's put it that way. Okay. How long have you been married? Almost 38 years. (laughs) Okay. But... And I'm just able to satisfy myself in certain ways that I'm okay with. Great. Okay. Now, take us back to your early years. When do you first remember hearing about sex? And what do you remember feeling and understanding about it? You know, my parents never had the the chat, you know, the talk with me. They just gave me a book and said, read this. And so I've always been a, a voracious reader and and I'm the youngest of, of my family. And so I had a brother in college when I was like, you know, hitting puberty, 12, 13 ish or whatever. And he was in college. So he would be bringing stuff like Playboy's home and leaving them lay around. And, and there was one a really big feature in, I don't know if you know the magazine Psychology Today, mm-hmm. but I think it was just kind of getting a start back in the day. And they had like a, a big feature on sexuality. So I read that thing cover to cover and I would sit with a dictionary and I'd look up the words I didn't know about. And so that's how I educated myself about that. But I I just knew from my family's vibe that they weren't comfortable talking with that thing about those kinds of things. So even if if I'd have approached my parents and stuff, I think they would have answered all my questions. Mm -hmm. They would have probably been short answers, (laughs) but (laughs) they would have answered them. Yeah. And even your older brother who was bringing home the Playboys, it sounds like you didn't have much of a dialogue. Well, somebody who's like nine years older than you at that age, you're just more intimidated. I mean, he's going to college. Another one of my siblings who's closer to me in age, I know he would have been okay with whatever I would have asked. And, you know, it wasn't until later when you're, when you're older and you, you talk more crap, okay. you know, with your siblings that, that that stuff can go on. So. Okay. Oh, so did, have you as adults talked about your sex lives together at all? Oh, one of, one of my brothers is very outspoken about that. I mean, so, I mean, he's been, he's been 
been married a couple times and had numerous relationships and he's pretty, you know, one of those people who can just, whatever's on his mind, there's not much of a filter. Okay. Okay. And did you learn about it in school ever? And did you ever learn about the concept of consent? I went to a Catholic grade school and they had the discussion, but it was more from the, you know, the medical health standpoint, you know, the boys and the girls were separated and it was very, um, let's say surface, you know, wasn't real a deep dive into it. And there wasn't, you know, it wasn't pulled down the shades and put on this film or anything. It was, it was more like, we're going to answer these couple of questions. And, and, and in the whole, like I say, in the whole vibe from the teacher was, we're going to get this over with. <laughs> Got it. Okay. So when did you start exploring your own body and how? It was early teens. I want to say I, somewhere around 12 would have been my first memories of of anything. And the book that my parents had given me had talked about, you know, erections and those kinds of things. And But then my mom, I remember she had the book, Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Sex But Were Afraid to Ask. I think it was Dr. Dr. David Rubin's. So then you read, you know, read all that stuff about there's stuff you have no clue about. And then, too, I know she had a book, The Happy Hooker, Xavier Hollander. Okay. That was off the charts, hot and sexy. I mean, she was very open and talking about sexuality from a woman's point of view and, and, and that how she was paid to have sex, but she just loved to have sex and the pay was just bonus. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And so, you know, and I can remember in there, even though it was a little bit, I mean, she wrote a story in there about having sex with a dog. And it was what? Like, yeah, she did. Oh, my God. And it was one of those things like, oh, I shouldn't be reading this. Oh, I can't stop reading this. Yeah. You know, I was going to say, what what effect did that have on your 12 year old self? Um, well, That kind of has set me up for. I know I'm I'm not really opposed to anything. It's like you say about how I'm not going to rain on anybody's parade. You know, whatever they want to do, that's cool. May not be for me, but if that's what your jam is, as long as nobody's getting hurt. And as long as, you know, there's, like you say, consent and, you know. So how did reading those books lead you to explore your own body? Well, and I don't remember the first time that I masturbated, but I remember masturbating to a lot of those and there would be there'd be favorite sections of things that you'd go back to and because older siblings they'd you know bring playboys and penthouse magazines home and and then you know if they were around for a while there'd be favorite parts of those that you know you'd always harken back to and depends upon how much opportunity i thought i had if i was home alone you know things like that so can you give us a little more details, either whatever you remember touching yourself to and or the physical specifics of how you started exploring and what your actual self enjoys? Yeah, it seems like the first time that I would have masturbated, it would have been to the the basic sex book that my parents would have given me for, to teach me about it mm. and where it described masturbation in there. And so I tried it and, and I was always afraid of what was you know, what the end result would be, you know, you'd, you'd always have that intense feeling and I'd stop short because, you know, I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen here. Yeah. If I, am I going to, am I going to pee all over everything or what? Cause I was in, my, in my bedroom, we had a, 
uh, a story and a half house with no bathroom upstairs and our bedrooms were upstairs. So yeah, there would have been the whole cleanup aspect, but then there's sometimes, you know, you're a horny kid and, and <laughs> your curiosity runs wild. It's like, I got to see this through. I don't remember. Was it clean up with Kleenex then or something? I, <laughs> yeah. And, and so I hear you talking about kind of the not knowing what's coming next or not knowing what the intense feeling will lead to. At some point, I'm assuming that it led to some sort of ejaculation. Do you remember your emotional processing or did you have more information at that point? Or what was that experience like? For you? Um, it was like, holy cow. And then, you know, then your 13 year old brain goes to, you know, how often can I do this? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So you like figured and, out once it happened that it wasn't scary. <laughs> yeah. And not only how often can I do this, but you know, how am I going to be able to do anything else? <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Okay. So how did that lead to partnered experiences? Can you give us a little overview of your formative explorations with other people? I grew up in a neighborhood of, you know, we had tons of kids in our neighborhood. I came from a family of six kids and we were like average size. We weren't considered a big family then. Whoa. People across the street had eight and five, six, seven kids was kind of the norm. And so there were kids of wide ranges. I mean, when you'd get together and play, you know, street games of football or baseball or whatever, you know, and that was boys and girls. So everything was co-ed in that time because you needed that many kids, especially if you wanted two teams. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, you had kids that you were really close with and other kids that you knew and, you know, kids that you hung around with. One of the kids in our neighborhood, uh, his dad had built him a, a tree house in his backyard. So that, you know. <laughs> okay. My experience with my tree house is that's the first place that a boy went down on me. So are we leading towards stories like that? Or what What did having all of these kids in your neighborhood lead you to explore? You know, there wasn't just always playing games and stuff. There were times when you broke up in, into groups of four or five and you'd sit around and you'd, you'd, t- you'd talk. And, you know, that's somehow how you got your education. Some of the girls were pretty forward with offering information about, you know, sexuality from their standpoint, okay. what it meant for when, when they were starting puberty. And then, you know, and I can remember experiences with kids, you know, before I hit puberty. There's one time when I went, you know, where's my core group of, of friends and all that. And so I thought, well, they must be in the treehouse. So I went over there and there was some um, four kids in, in the treehouse, one girl and three guys. And you always had to do a certain knock or whatever. So, you know, somebody just stuck their head out. And so, well, what do you want? I was like, well, what's going on? And I could tell that something, <laughs> something was, was really going on. And, and I finally talked, talked my way in. And so the girl was two years older than me. And the, one of the guys was a year older than me. And then two other kids that were a, a, about my age, they were in there and they're just having a discussion about it. And then the girl said, well, I'll get naked if you do. And so. You were everybody. Everybody. Okay. So, and like I said, she was two years older and that was the first time I had seen, I have an older sister, but I had never really seen her naked. So that was the first time I saw male flesh and that was pretty exciting. But like I said, I hadn't started puberty yet. So Mm -hmm. there was a lot of mystery about what was happening. Mm -hmm. Do you remember how old you were? I want to say about 12. And um, the, the guy who was older than me, 
he he had reached puberty. <laughs> and so and it was more of the girl just playing with with him. And very soon he was very erect and, and she was she was touching him and she was asking him how he was feeling and everything. And the two other guys that were there when I neither of them had started puberty yet. And we were just each other like, holy cow, that thing is huge. <laughs> we're like, is, is that the way we're going to be? You know, we were like, man, that's, that's just, and, you know, in my young brain, it was huge, but it was maybe, I'm going to say like seven inches or something like that. But I mean, for a kid who hasn't reached puberty, yeah, that does look monstrous between your legs compared to the, you know, you know, then she would let us touch her a little bit. She obviously was more focused on that guy with the big dick. And that's what she wanted that to be about. And so she just kept going back, touching him and everything like that. You know, it goes on and on for a while. And he's like, you better be careful because something's going to happen. And she's going, really? You know, she was acting like she didn't know. I'm pretty sure she knew. And uh, he said, yeah, you, it, it's it's going to happen. And then when when he ejaculated, all of us were like, holy crap, what is this? <laughs> and it was, <laughs> you know, I still harken back to that. And it was like, whole. I mean, that was just such an um, amazing thing for kids who, who weren't, just didn't have too much of a basis for understanding a lot that was going on. There was a lot going on. <laughs> and it was, it was such a, was a fun experience because, you know, everybody started laughing after that. Even the two of them thought it was pretty hysterical because, and they were also laughing at the, the three of us who were like totally blown away by that. And it, it was a great first lesson in how, how much fun sex can be mm -hmm. because it was all completely consensual. Everybody was, you know, everybody was in favor of what was going on there. <laughs> everybody was pretty excited by what was going on there. And it was just kids exploring and learning, you know, you know, you know, now if any of our parents would have found out about that, they would have been over the freaking moon. And, you know, you know, I probably would still be grounded to this day. Right, right, right. <laughs> but, you know, to me, that's what kids do is try to learn things, try to figure things out. Can you tell us about some of your first experiences with another person, what you did with them, how it made you feel like what was kind of the overall arc of your early years leading into your adult self? Well, that that same girl who had, you know, jerked off the guy, um, she was actually my next door neighbor. Mm -hmm. And and we saw each other a lot. And one time we were out, we were behind our garage, which was very close to where their yard was. Mm -hmm. And then she said, something about she wanted to see me pee so so so, so I, I pulled down my pants and then she started to play with me and then I couldn't pee because she had made me hard okay so was this the first experience that you had with another person touching your genitals yeah okay so yeah. she's a couple years older and was this this was and, after the treehouse experience um it might have been unclear okay I, okay I, I, I can't I can't remember I think it was probably after because I, I remember being, I had started puberty. And so okay. I was, um, my penis was bigger than that other. So yeah, it, it had okay. to be after. So she touched you and you couldn't pee. Mm -hmm. 
did she become someone that you would fool around with? Like, was she your person of first experiences? You said that you saw her a lot. What context was that in? You know, just in all the neighborhood activities, you know, with other kids and stuff. But then, you know, one on one, she seemed to be, you know, sexually curious. Her and then there was another girl who was just uh, one year older than me that we actually did touch each other and, you know, explore some of that in our garage. And she always would act like this was, you know, she was like more passive. And I would say, are you okay with this? And she's like, mm. you know, wouldn't mm. stop me. Okay. You know, so maybe a and, gray area. Yeah. And so I remember she, she had breasts and she had pubic hair and it was just touching each other and it was just fun. And we knew we were getting away with something, I think. And so for kids that age, that's part of the attraction. So at this point, how old are you? What have you done? When do you feel like you had your first experience where you were like, oh, I know what sex is now? Like, I really want to hear the evolution and kind of the highlights for you. You know, I had some girlfriends in junior high and but it, it was it was more like when you have an official girlfriend, you know, I it was maybe in my own brain. I didn't want to feel seem like a perv to them. So mm. I was very much more respectful of their personal space and i you know we would do kissing and all that but you know to start touching each other that would have been like and two i think the the relationships were short-lived enough where they never really progressed to that because that was always in those days it was like you didn't start with any of the sex stuff unless you were in a committed relationship whatever committed meant in those days, like where you were going out for months and months. Okay. And so you had, you had progressed to that stage. So just going out a few times with somebody, at least in my own brain, wasn't basis for, you know, becoming sexual. Okay. So I'm hearing that you had these young women in your neighborhood who felt like safe exploration friends. And then mm-hmm. was it, was it in parallel or was it just sort of like, simultaneous but like at different times you had these other relationships that were more like real relationships but not necessarily sexual yeah later that would have been a later than than these things um it would have been late junior high moving into um senior high i i didn't have a real steady girlfriend until like i was a junior in high school okay and that was just you know like i said mostly kissing and stuff and it was the girl i started dating in my senior year that we actually were sexual together okay so is that where you did your first like formative blowjobs and going down on each other and penetration or can you kind of just give us your sexual map yeah it was uh, there wasn't it wasn't intercourse but it was kind of like a lot of everything else okay so the area that that i come from here is pretty conservative okay so a, a blowjob might have been considered something that would have been even after intercourse. The level of intimacy was, you know, that much. I mean, you know, because I mean, we heard about, you know, that she gave him a blowjob. Mm. I was like, what? You know, have, having regular intercourse was would have been something that would have, you know, that's that's a natural progression. But you know, if you're giving, if if, if you're going down on each other. For oral sex, that's like another level. Okay. So were you mostly still in the like kissing and fooling around mode? And when did you get? Yeah. Okay. So at what point then did you get to penetration and mouth things? Um, penetration. I think I was actually out of high school. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and um, I met a met a girl 
that I had known for a while and we had been talking in the bar and we just went back to my house and we had sex like three times that night. And it was oh. like, holy cow. It was like, you know, that was, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> were you in college or where were, were you living on? Yeah, your I, was own in, I was in college. Okay. That was in the, that was in the summer of, cause I would go home okay. to live with my parents. Um, while I was in college. Did you say, so did you that, say bar or barn? You talked to her bar. probably bar. Okay. <laughs> Just wanted to bar, double yeah. check. Cause like, I don't know where yeah. you're from and like maybe well, the barn is are, the local hotspot. <laughs> there are a lot of uh, farms around here. But, well, no, there was no, I mean, I grew yeah. up on a farm and we just have a bike barn and a shed, but like those are places where things were definitely good yeah. to be sneaky and happening, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I just like right. to check. Okay. Okay. Well, and barns, barns are big where you can be up above it exactly. and you can notice people coming in around you and you can be a little bit more prepared. Exactly. For, so, yeah. You could do great things in a hayloft. Okay. So yeah. you brought this woman back and what was, what was it like? Like you have, it sounds like there was a lot of buildup and a lot of, of, young life of curiosity and now you have a partner to be with what was it like for you yeah yeah well we had a swimming pool in our backyard so um you know hot summer nights that was a great way to come home and, and you know go skinny dipping and, yes. and that, that also swimming would help sober you up a little bit mm -hmm. <laughs> and and so then we just went into the uh, there was a, a bedroom in our basement where my brothers would stay when they were home and stuff and i think my bedroom. We were just naked and fooling around on the on the couch, and then she said, "Go ahead." And so I did. How did you feel? <laughs> were you were you like excited, or was it like, "Oh, I'm nervous now"? Or like, do you remember anything from that? It was. It was definitely. It was definitely nervous. It okay. was definitely like, okay, so this is, you know, just because of what goes on in my head on a normal basis, uh -huh. it, I can imagine and. And I can almost remember thinking, oh, this is the culmination of what I've been, you know, jerking off to for how many years now? Yeah. And this is actually actually going to happen now. Yeah. And so that was just a boatload of excitement. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, uh -huh. and to the the youthful inexperience of it, I can't imagine that it lasted very long. But <laughs> sure, sure, well, yeah. Well, we don't need to put too much pressure on first experiences. And yeah, and but there was, you know, like I like I said, I think three times that night. So it Great. was, you know, okay. yeah, because, you know, the the first one can usually be over pretty quickly, but then the other ones are usually longer lasting. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. and OK, that was a few decades ago. Did you have any health and safety conversations or what was that vibe like at the time for you? It was more of um the whole thing of you know if you're if you're carrying a condom around you're planning to have sex uh -huh. so there was that that stupid you know thing about you know you should really be prepared if you run into that but if you're prepared for that that means you know you were planning this right you know how that yeah you know, double-edged sword so what did you do so you know the the first time you know with her is is i pulled out every time because there was no condom Got so it. I didn't even ask her if, if that's what she wanted or anything, because I just thought I'm not wearing a condom. And so, you know, I'm not yeah. going to say no, but I'm also not, <laughs> I'm not going to plunge into parenthood right away. Totally. So, did you do just intercourse things or did mouths go places? What do you remember? Oh yeah. We, when you meet somebody in a bar like that and you don't in, intend as the night starts to say, I'm going to end up going home with somebody. So there's a lot of, you know, 
when you're speaking to people, it's it's like foreplay for like two or three hours in a bar. And so then when you get home, the alcohol has relaxed you and you've had all this buildup. So, yeah, the mouths went, you know, pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so it was really, really sexually gratified because you know, here's a healthy sexual woman who wants to be healthy and sexual with me. Yeah. She had bigger breasts and I am kind of a breast guy. They don't, I don't really, I'm not really focused on how big they are. I just enjoy them all. Awesome. <laughs> and so she, she had lots to enjoy. And when you're that age and you're starting to be sexual and all that, you're not thinking about, am I any good at this? No. And, but you're just thinking, I just want to try this. I, yeah. I got to try this. I got to try this. And so we did oral that night. It was just kind of fun because she was really free and open about talking about a lot of things. And he said, why don't you try this? And she had me, she probably had more experience than I did. And I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. (laughs) You know, when a couple rookies fumbling around, there can be so many things that go wrong. And (laughs) my favorite way to learn new things is directly from another person, especially if it's sexual, (laughs) both talking about it and doing it. I mean, it really is my favorite. So how, how did your sex life unfold from there? Like, did you start exploring more partners or did you start exploring things that you might like on your own? What, what kind of happened? Yeah. And and to, like I said, like I alluded to earlier, um, sex has always been kind of a thing because that was a little bit of a one-off for me because I really didn't have much of a relationship with her previous to that. And then after that, I'd always kind of equated sexual activity with you know, a committed relationship. So it wasn't like I was learning constantly, you know, from a, a, a series of partners. It would be like, I think probably the next time I had sex was when I was in a relationship. I learned that for the circle of people that I knew and had activities with, that oral sex wasn't a huge favor giving or receiving. Oh, among- really? Yeah. Wait, you learned that where from partners or just from people from, from different, different, different ones? Yeah, different mm-hmm. people, d- different partners that I'd been with. It was like that wasn't really, you know, wow. a thing. With them. They were just like, no, I don't like. Please don't put your mouth on me. Or what did they say? What do you remember? Yeah, well, you know, even even like my my wife, she will allow it, but you know, you can tell from somebody's body language and, and everything, and especially if if your head is getting pulled up. You know, after you've gotten started for a little while, it's like, oh, okay, I think it's over now. Okay. okay. So I, I let you because I think you wanted to do this, but, you know, that's kind of my limit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How does that feel to be on the receiving end of? It isn't good. You know, it's, it isn't. And I, it's just kind of why I've just made, be able, been able to make peace with exploring on my own. Mm. And just for anybody who's wondering and saying, well, why would you stay with someone like that? And because my wife has so many excellent qualities. She's just an excellent, wonderful person in in so many ways. And she just doesn't happen to enjoy sex. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. that's never been a deal breaker for me. And there are some people who might come at me and say, maybe it should have been. And everyone's uh, different. So anyway, that's, that's just, she's from a very very conservative background and she just wasn't able to overcome that. Okay. I met her when I was 21. And so we got married when I was 25. Okay. Yeah. So that's not a ton of time for being very slutty as an adult. (laughs) No. And I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very positive that I'm her one and only. 
Yeah. She may have kissed, kissed a few guys, but I know she never had sex with anybody but me. How did that make you feel? Um, I, I get it from how be, just because of the way she is, mm-hmm. but you know, I, it would have probably benefited her and I both if she would have had other partners yeah. and I don't know that she would necessarily subscribe to that opinion, but yeah. that's the way I feel. And I, and I can also state almost unequivocally, and you're going to probably not believe me on this, that she doesn't masturbate and never has. I I believe that because I've talked to enough people who didn't have masturbation practices for years. And, you know, some people also just don't actually feel desire and that's okay too, you know, so it's, everyone is different. And it sounds like you have a relationship where you've made it work for you. Yep. Yep. And too, because there's, there's times that, especially on weekends and stuff that we'll have a drink together and I'll say, would you like a massage? And she really enjoys that. And Mm. so that's a form of foreplay for us. Does, like I said, doesn't happen often, but I know it's tried and true. Yeah. Will you share with us just some of your own explorations? Like, what do you love about sex? And not necessarily like, oh, what do I do all the time? Because, you know, I hear that you are with a wife who maybe you don't get to explore or experience everything with her that you would want to all the time. But it also sounds like you have a really personally open-minded sex life with yourself. And I would just love to hear what you love and how it feels in your body. Especially recently. Now I've embarked on a regimen of better self-care. So Mm. I've I've learned, let's put it this way. I've established a healthy relationship with food. Now I didn't always have that. Oh, I think it's, yeah. And, um, uh, I drink, I drink tons of water. Now I, I walk a lot. I do a lot of activity and stuff. And so I have lost some weight and I feel better about myself. Nice. And your skin and, looks great, by the way. Oh, thank you. It does. Uh, some of that's, some of that's genetics. My parents are in their nineties and they're still together. Awesome. Been married, been married for 72 years. How about that? Holy cow. Wow. So, and so part of this, the self-care thing is, you know, I'm, I'm feeling better about myself in other ways. And so, and I'm going to, pursue this with my wife to see if there's things that maybe she would think about just trying to do a little bit more often in the context of what she's comfortable with. And because for a long time I was like, you know what? She's not into it. Mm. That was me giving myself permission to, whereas maybe if I would have focused more on her, maybe there would have been more opportunities. Mm. It's possible that I was being somewhat selfish because she, I don't want to give the impression that she's asexual. Okay. She's just got a lower drive and desire yeah. than I do. Are you familiar at all with Emily Nagoski's book, Come As You Are? I've heard of it. Okay. Well, you've probably heard of it because I talk about it constantly, and I just recommend yeah. that anyone who ever has sex with other people should go read it. So there's an idea that some people have what's called a responsive desire. So we have our sexual accelerators and our sexual breaks. I'm a person with like pretty high accelerator. Like I'm like turned on a lot and like my breaks, you know, if I'm super stressed or if something like if people are watching or the circumstances aren't good, my breaks will turn on. But like if the circumstances are good, I'm sort of a green light. A lot of people are not that way. Like that's actually a sort of (laughs) privilege. Like it's a sexual privilege. Many women in particular need more specific circumstances and they need to feel desired and they need to 
basically have an experience created where their partner is inviting desire. Now, this gets tricky because a lot of partners, especially in these days where we are very conscious of consent, don't want to mm-hmm. pressure their partners. So anyway, I recommend this book and I just recommend. Okay. I'm so curious to hear what happens if you talk talk with her and, and figure out what uh, what might work for both of you. Yeah. And like, I, you know, I know life is kind of an ongoing process and we're all works in progress. Oh, yeah. And so I'm never going to throw in the towel. I'm never going to give up on, on that because, like I said, she has so many other redeeming qualities and it's not fair to judge somebody on the basis of one character. Yeah. You know, per, uh, well, it sounds trait, like you so. love each other and you are like excellent yeah. partners and you can, you know, and, you're still yeah. in the process of figuring we, out the sex. It's not like we have a sexless marriage, but yeah. we just, you know. Well, it's okay so. to want more and it's also okay to get yourself off in the meantime. So yeah. Can we hear yeah. some of the details about, you know, how you do get yourself off and what you do like to explore? I, you know, you, you mentioned phone sex and erotica. Like, tell us, tell us what you're into. Tell us what makes um, you happy. I, I, I do have somebody that, in fact, it's just one particular uh, phone sex service that I use. And, and if the one person I like to talk to is unavailable, I just don't do it because, you know, we've got, we've, we've developed a friendship now. And so, awesome. um, so yeah, I'll do that every so often. How did you get into it? Like, where did you find it and what did you say and how did you develop a friendship? I just Googled, you know, and then what I didn't want are all the, the services where it's canned and mechanical and, and yeah. you know, and somebody just will come on for a little bit and all the, all they, they're looking for is to, to get you off so they can go on to the next one. And, you know, this one, she professes that she likes to build a relationship. It's not like cha-ching, cha-ching, next, cha-ching, you know. Yeah. There have been times where, where we just talked and there wasn't, you know, there wasn't any masturbation going on. Or, mm-hmm. um, a lot of times there is, but there's times that we've just talked and mm-hmm. and that's fine. You know, a lot of times the talk is sexual in nature. But okay. Sometimes it's, and there's times where, yeah, well, that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Are there like specific things that you love to hear? Also, where are you usually? Like in the bathroom, in your bedroom? Like where do you go? Usually in the bedroom, I just sit on the floor and, you know, and she's the one who taught me that um, coconut oil is an excellent lube. Yes, so. yes, yes. <laughs> as long as you're not pairing it with condoms, be careful there. <laughs> just for listeners, yeah. just for listeners. But yeah. But, you know, for masturbation, it's great. So, you know, there's just, you know, I'll, I'll sit on the floor and when I, when we connect, a lot of times she says, just got to put your card through and how long do you want to talk for and all that. And there's a couple minutes of preliminary and, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, it becomes all part of the, the ritual, yeah. which is kind of fun. Yeah. And it's even and a little exciting too. And, and a lot of times she'll ask, well, so where are you? And I'll say, where I am. And, you know, you know, sometimes I'll ask her about some of her sexual experiences and sometimes she'll ask, you know, what I want to talk about. And I'll say, well, you know what, today I just want to edge me up until like, you know, 30 seconds before you want to end the call. And so then we'll do that. Okay. What does she use to edge you? Like what sort of stuff does she say to you? Well, she say, I I want you to touch yourself and she'll encourage me to just, I want you to stroke long and hard, not necessarily. And then when you feel like you're close to coming, stop. Hmm. And we'll just go repeat that. And then we may veer off into some more sexual detail about an experience or what, what we really like or things that have happened to us. And so that's awesome. 
yeah, she's like I said, she's become a, a good friend. And, you know, there's times that on a social platform where she's messaged me when she's seen, seen me online just to say hi. And, you know, it's not like, hey, you want to do a session now or anything. It's just like, hey, how you doing? And yeah. some people might look like, yeah, it's a transactional friendship. But no, it, it's a friendship. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I always have such a problem when people get hung up on sex worker things because I'm like, well, I don't know. There's a lot of wives who don't work and use their husband's money and that that's a relationship like i don't know i don't see the difference personally i'm like right like exactly right we all need money to eat food and we all have different types of relationships okay that's awesome will you tell us a little bit about the porn that you're into again i I like a wide variety of stuff Mm -hmm. i I like the ones for and and a lot of them are just the fake scenarios and i get that and it's fine and you know, like a stepmom helping out her son or her stepson or something like that, you mm-hmm. know, walking in on him, getting out of the shower. And then it escalates from there into, you know, a hand job or, or a blow job or something. Mm-hmm. And I do like, since I like massages, I, I like watching some of um, their in, inside, uh, you know, supposedly in a massage parlor where, you know, the, the massage therapist will, will try to escalate it into something else or the guy will try to talk the massage therapist into something else. And what else? Have we ever gotten to do that in real life or is that just like a fantasy porn thing for you? No, the, there's actually a, one woman I go to. She's a ways away from here and I go periodically to her and it's in her house. Nice. And it's very relaxing and very a full hour. You know, a lot of times she'll ask if there's certain things that I want her to work on and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. We talk and like, again, it's another friendship. There's always a happy ending. So that's, that's kind of fun too. That is one of my favorite things. Like, especially on days where I'm super stressed or like, you know, the times where I've been with my master and I'm a little crinkly, he'll be like, do you want a massage? And I'll be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and then yeah. I want it to escalate. I just need help getting there sometimes. Again, it's kind of the ritual of it too, where, you know, I'm, I'm laying on a table nude yeah. and somebody's touching me for an hour before yeah and and i always yeah. i always liked her feeling about that she says you know because the cops are always and she doesn't have any problems with that because she does this out of her house right but she says that's so frustrating that they want to the police or whatever or municipalities want to crack down on that because they say it's a source of prostitution she says i'm massaging bodies yep and she says so what they're telling me is I can only massage 95% of you. Yep. And what's wrong with not with with doing the 100%? You know, I agree and I just think we need to come together and shift the laws and a lot of people would be happier and then we would be able to make money and tax it and not arrest each other. You know, I mean that that's what I'm working for. I think that's part of a sexier world cuz also yeah. why are my nipples not allowed on Instagram? It's so silly. Like it's really silly because they're not evil. Yeah. Like your yeah, penis is right. not evil, my nipples are not evil. Here's a question, though. When you're on that massage table, where is your penis? How does it and does it get hard? Like, is it just under you? This is something that I think about. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah I'm just I'm just laying on it. And okay. for me, anyways, because uh, and like it might be part of the ritual and everything. I really don't get hard mm-hmm. until I need to. Okay. okay. So it's not like I'm laying on it and I'm like, oh, man. Because sometimes laying on your stomach, if you've got a heart on, is, isn't the most comfortable thing. Yeah, that's what I was imagining. Okay, okay, okay. So you wait till the right moment. Yeah, and it's to me, it's a totally relaxing thing. It's something I do as a reward for myself. Yeah. And it's very, very enjoyable. That's so. awesome. 
Can you give us some of the details about your physical body and what it likes? Like, do you have any sensitive spots that aren't the obvious ones or anything that we just haven't talked about yet? Like, what are your nipples like? What's your butthole like? What's your body in general like? Yeah, I, you know, I do like to be touched on, on the butt and I do like it if somebody it will stroke even my rectum and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I find that really enjoyable. A few times been massaged and and she's used anal toys, Ooh. which is kind of which is kind of fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Is that something you've ever been able to come from or with or like heighten have a heightened orgasm with? Like is it something is it a way you play by yourself too? Well, because besides this regular massage, there's a, a been places, other places I've gone to that are, and it's not, you know, it's with different, different people. It's who's ever happens to be working at the time. Yeah. One time the girl was massaging me and then she was touching me there. And then she, she made the motion like, do you want, do you want finger penetration? And I said, yeah. So she used her finger to penetrate me. Okay. And. It was it was really really enjoyable, and then she thought ejaculated, and she's done, and I'm like, no. And so then a little bit later on, she did masturbate me to orgasm, and she was kind of impressed because she thought, but the first one wasn't an, an orgasm; it was just some ejaculate being forced out wow. from the, the digital penetration. And both both were very enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, that's so. awesome. When I don't go to the to the my regular massage therapist, and I go to one of there used to be a place when that was actually closed down by the local police department. Now there's a different one that they're kind of funny about it. It's like the whole thing is like a game for them. They're kind of reaching around and 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 touching you different places when they're massaging. Even when I'm laying on my stomach at near the beginning of the, you know, they're touching the insides of my thighs and touching my balls and stuff. And let's like their intent is to you know get get me to up you know up they're trying to upsell me on on more of the services because it's like sixty dollars for an hour mm. but if you know if you if you get a hand job out of it you, you know they can get like a forty dollar tip or something mm, okay how do you navigate that usually when they t- tell you to roll over and stuff and then they start on there and then they'll she'll put her hand on my penis and say, you know, if I go, if I say yes, then she'll put her ear down by my mouth and then say, how much? <laughs> is that okay? I, does that make you uncomfortable or is that hot to you? Cause I can see it being um, either way, depending on the mood yeah, of the day it, you're it, feeling. It is. It is. It, it, it's kind of like for, for a little bit, it kills a little bit of the buzz because it, there again, it's that transactional. Like, you know, mm. where the where the the massage therapist that I go to in her house, you know, it's a it's a standard all inclusive charge. Got it. Okay. 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 And she says she doesn't want any tip or anything. This is yeah. the charge. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. what this is what it's for. And um, where the other ones, you know, they bring you in at a basic level and they want to upsell you. Got it. Okay. <laughs> and so. Kind of the dance of the massage is is the touching and the enticement to to make that go further. So, Got it. Okay. You know, sometimes I, I just I, I you know sometimes I just want a massage, mm-hmm. and then I think, well, maybe at the end, you know, happy ending wouldn't be bad. And and you're laying there, and you know, she might be working on something, and it feels really good. And then 
all of a sudden there's there's a hand on your balls and it's mm-hmm. like <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> she she wants to make sure that i stay around for her for everything so got it okay like i said it's not something i do real real often okay. but it it is, it is nice to have that option and to just be able to treat myself that way yeah so. i mean i love massages i love getting touched and i feel like because I'm such an arousable person, I have to walk around with like boundaries all the time. Mm-hmm. But I found ways to like allow myself to privately enjoy the energetic turn on of the experience. I don't know. I, I think touch is such a thing that I personally crave and it always kind of gets me, gets my body online. And mindfulness is really important too, because sometimes when you're getting that massage and you're thinking about, oh man, I'm, I'm, she's going to get me off at the end of this. Whereas you know, for an hour long massage, it really helps to lay there and just enjoy yes, the actual what is going on right yeah. now instead of yeah. zooming ahead to the end. And it's totally. like, because, you know, because, you know, the human body is a storehouse for all your anxieties and, and all the different things that you've been through. Your, there's a lot going on in my life right now. Mm. And there's different ways that, you know, massage would be awesome to just work some of those out. You know, you, you go out and you feel so much better. And it's not just because you had a really good orgasm. It's because your body got touched yes. everywhere. Yes. I'm, I'm a person who likes to give massages to. Mm-hmm. And I try not to invade anybody's space. But I'm the kind of person who can walk up behind you, like at a party or something. Yeah. And I will need your shoulders a little bit. And there are places right, right down from your neck where you can just feel it's a storehouse for where people hold a lot of their stress. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, and I'm me. Are, I'm one of those people. people. That and there's people that I've made melt from that. Yeah. And, and they're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they were dogs, if they were dogs, there'd be a leg going totally. <laughs> a, mile a minute. But it's, it's just that whole thing. We, you know, I've learned about, you know, breathing, how much we're just sitting around kind of holding our breath. Yes. And that shallow breathing kind of builds up stress in you and, Mm -hmm. you know, just different ways that, you know, self-care. And to me, massage is one of the best modes of self-care that there is. It gets a bad reputation, but it it really is. It really is something so good for you. And so I love massages and I'm the person I know a lot of people are very uncomfortable with people. They're not super close to ever walking up and giving a massage At, at those parties. If I went to parties, which I don't right now, you know, I mean, in general, <laughs> but I would, I would be like, oh, you don't want it. I'll take it. You can come touch my, like, I'll take massages. That's great. And I can feel that too for myself when I learned to breathe, like that changed my whole everything. Cause I realized I was a shallow breather, like you were saying, and I would cut off yeah. my emotions here. They wouldn't get past my mm-hmm. Sorry. Wait, what about your nipples or other parts of your body that need to get attention from um, us before we move on? It can, it can depend, you know, I, I just know somebody, you know, just doing, you know, twirling around an ear or in the ear is a turn on Yeah. T- touching my neck. I don't think my nipples are a huge turn on, but definitely, you know, the, you know, the balls and the taint and, mm-hmm. and touching around my anus and stuff like that. Yeah. That's very, that's very, very stimulating yeah. to me. What is your penis need to actually ejaculate? Like, what are your favorite ways to touch yourself? I don't always use lube, but it it feels really twice as good Mm -hmm. when there is some kind of 
baby oil, coconut oil, oh, whatever. Recently picked up some CBD um, oil that <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever if you've ever used any of of that. Yes, I I made a like well actually I made no I haven't used CBD by itself. Let's see. No, I'm a liar. Okay. No, not just straight CBD. I have used coconut oil that was infused with some like old weed that I had. I did the crockpot thing oh. <laughs> after oh, talking okay. to our former guest Becky, who loves butts. And yeah. so I, yeah. I've tried that on some butt plugs and had had a lot of had a lot of fun. Do you incorporate your balls at all? And are you more of like an overhand, underhand? Like, are you like a stroker or more of like a squeezer at the tip? Like, what's your actual style like? My go-to is is the underhand, but I will I will try both of them. You know, if I'm having a, a full out masturbation session, I will sit there and I will use both hands and, you know, see what, you know, put some of some firmer pressure on the, uh, on the head. Yeah. I, I do like to, to slow down and milk out a session and edge for quite a while. And I should really tell you, and it's been a while since I've done this because it's very physically hard to, to do, but I really enjoyed it. I would do a, a handstand, naked, of course, up against the wall. Okay. It's not, like I said, it's not an easy position to get yeah. into. And then through various repositioning and, and trial and error and being patient, you know, I could get my feet down. And then if, if I position just right, I, like I said, I haven't done this for a while because I had shoulder surgery and I don't think it would work anymore. But I, I was able to get my penis you know, close to my mouth and I was able to get like half of it in. That's awesome. And that's not saying that I'm just, that I'm not, I'm not super endowed or anything like that. It's a, it's a thing where breathing is important yeah. and flexibility is important and, and being patient is important. That's so cool. And yeah. Was, yeah. And then, so I was able to uh, come in my own mouth. Did you swallow? Because of gravity. It's very difficult. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you would have to be swallowing. Up Upward. Yeah, that's you, hard. That's hard. Right? Oh, that's so, so cool. And I remember taking my time with it. And it's really interesting because having gotten blowjobs, you know, it's and it's it's funny how when I got to the point of orgasm, I'm, I'm stimulating myself and I'm, I'm stroking myself slightly and yeah. the tongue is working. And then I remember thinking to myself, hmm, I'm ejaculating here, but I don't really feel the orgasm. And then, well, here, here's some more. And all of a sudden, boom, then the orgasm hit. So it was like a delay. Wow. And, I, and, you know, and only because I was on the giving end, the receiving end, that I was paying attention to that. Because otherwise, you know, when my penis is in somebody's mouth, I'm ejaculating and I felt it yet. But now being, you know, the giver and the receiver, it was like, wow, there's like three or four seconds delay there. Wow. That's cool. And then you have to really hang on and hold on to your balance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. I feel like I would just be like, fluke, <laughs> crumple. Yeah. And like I said, the first time with the gravity aspect of it, it's like, oh, oh here's all this. Now what am I going to do with yeah. that? <laughs> what did you do? So, did it just like dribble out or did you spit somewhere? What, what, what happened? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a big one on preparation. So I probably had a towel nearby. Okay. So I probably, okay. Okay. Cause that's, you know, the, the, 
different times, you know, when I've been chatting online with people and I've told them that story, that's what they want to know if you swallow. And I was like, I probably had intentions to, but I forgot about the gravity aspect. And there's, there's certain times that, you know, physics and science comes to bite us in the ass. Meaning that we have all these ideas of how something's going to work. And then all of a sudden, Oh yeah, that's right. It it doesn't want to run in that direction. <laughs> totally. The translation of fantasy into reality is uh but you know what? It's just like another fun flavor of it. Like I think it's just a fun part of the exploration to be like, oh yeah, that can't actually happen in real life. Good. Another thing that that um, brought home to me was that you know, because it's always been my penis, I'm I'm looking at it all, you know, I'm not saying looking at it all, but I've seen it enough times. But when it's in your mouth, mm-hmm. it's like, wow, I never realized that my head felt that big. Yeah. Yeah. In, in comparison to the shaft, because it was just like a, um, you got past the, the head into the shaft and it's like, wow, that's pretty prominent. There, that's so. so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Do you have any sex toys or anything, tools that you like to use? I know some people don't like to call them toys. I learned that this week. There's. I was really that's a thing for some people so implements although i'm a big someone said i don't call it a tool because i'm not broken but i'm like i don't know paintbrushes are a tool and i'm not a broken artist yeah. Mm, okay yeah uh but do, do you have any pleasure Appli- implements that are your favorites appliances <laughs> appliances yeah <laughs> i've used a, a flashlight, and that's a very cool thing that's Ooh. wonderful yeah do you still have how what, is, do add what's it like what are the details of your flashlight? It was designed, they have them on there, and this is supposedly the pussy of this porno star. Cool. You know, it, I love those. I've seen those so, cocks, yeah. So, 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 so it's just like the labia. Uh-huh. I imagine the labia, because I think the in, the internal parts of it are pretty basic. <laughs> well, and how do they and make a like, mold of that? I know for the dudes, yeah, they, cla- they claim that they've made a mold. We'll see. But, like, yeah, how do you make a mold well, of the sure. inside of a vagina that's squishy? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was very pleasurable. The, the, the downside with them is I didn't keep mine okay. um, just because, you know, after you use it, you've got to clean it out with soap yeah. and you got to put that powder in and you got to and stuff to, to air dry and all that. And it's like in my circumstances, there there isn't too many places to do that. Yeah, I will say the number one reason I love toys with partners is they do the cleanup and I just like lay there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, which is yeah so that was pretty exciting and uh, just a few times like i said with my massage therapist she's used various you know butt plugs yeah in that for fun so did i did i surprised you with with the handstand story huh yeah that's great <laughs> i mean it's an, it's not something i hear every day and i just think that that's so it, those are the types of explorations that i just love because I'm an extremely curious person. And so when I meet other people who are like curious enough to do a handstand so they can mm. reach their cock to their mouth, I'm like, yes. <laughs> you got to want it, right? You gotta, yeah, you got to want it. And it's, I, I just love that. What about like group sex or things like that? Is that something that you would theoretically be interested in? You know, I've always been, and I, like I said, it's something else I'll, I'll never say never to. Yeah. But I think sex is, and to be, I've got kind of the ADHD personality of, I focus on way too many things anyway. Mm-hmm. So I think sex is something that's better when it's just shared between two people. Mm. I'd be, it, to me, it'd be too easy for things to go wrong okay. when there's more people involved. 
but again, not to say that it wouldn't ever be something that if the opportunity presented itself. So totally. What about sex dreams? Do you have them? Do you orgasm in them? Every once in a while, and I I, I can't even come up with what because I know I've I know I had one recently, and you know you'll wake up kind of like ooh, and have an erection and all that stuff, and say, "Wow, that was that was pretty cool." But I don't, you know, it's not like I can conjure them up. Like I'm gonna go to sleep, and, you know. This person. <laughs> oh my God. Wouldn't that be great if we could do that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to program this dream. It's going to be 45 minutes long. You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be so cool. We'll meet each other in our dreams. And, uh, that, that yeah, would be like, the ideal relationship, you know, like time-wise wake yeah, up. Just like fully a, satisfied yeah. Right. And rest Talk it. about being efficient with your time. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you know, if it could be like a playlist, you know, it's a, this, this is what I want. And this is what I want. And, <laughs> yeah. And make sure you have enough towels down in the bed or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are there any so, other fantasies, triumphs, disasters, details from your sex life, or just thoughts about your own sexual self that need to be shared? Um, like I said, I'm an extrovert. And so just having something sexual, in and of itself isn't really a thing for me mm-hmm. because I, I want to have a basis of knowledge, friendship, whatever, some kind of dialogue for something to be completely transactional. And that's why the some of the massage places that are around here, because it's different people every time. Yeah. You you don't you don't build that rapport, which is to me kind of the fun part of it. And and you're great at living this in that how much um, sexuality is such an important part of it. And we need to embrace it and all that. And it's part about making us more human and connected Yeah. because it's not just you. I, I hear, I listen to a number of podcasts where the people are doing and trying to do what you are. And that is to make sex less of a shameful taboo thing, more of a, a shared human experience that, good for us it's healthy for us and it's fun yeah i just want us to be able to celebrate ourselves and each other there's enough things that we can honestly feel shame about without inflicting that on ourselves for something that's so totally unnecessary and natural and normal and something we all have a relationship with whether or not we're engaging in the ways that we feel comfortable or want to right yeah what are your sexual hopes for yourself going forward? Um, just to keep learning and growing. I, every day I'm taking my dog for at least one long walk, probably two a day. So I'm always looking to, you know, to, to expand my horizons and, and learn about more things. And so some of those podcasts are in the sexual realm of just teaching myself and, and um, hopefully because because my parents are in their 90s, maybe I'll be a sexual being yet well, well into my future. You know, we should never not want to, you know, and even if even if you can't participate to at least be able to converse about it and, and, you know, keep it in the healthy realm of, well, it's something else we can all talk about, because it's something else we all share. Yeah. Part of what's wrong, and I'm going to go off on a soapbox here. Part of what's wrong in the world right now is that we're people are too 
focused on accentuating what is different and how how we are different without and losing sight of what we all share and i think that that's that's uh, that's something we need to work on well you know i agree and that's why i love what you do thank you how do you hope to make the world a sexier place (laughs) um by you know um well you know i've done it by through i try to encourage you at different times um and and there's other people i've reached out to just to encourage them that because you know social media and i probably don't have to tell you this is can be such a garbage hole sometimes it is. it's such a place of negativity and and phoniness and yeah. and and so what i try to do is when i've interacted with somebody and this is in everywhere in the in the work that i do i've always tried to make sure that people know for whatever reason that i'm thankful for the interaction for something that they just did for me or for something that they they do in a public sphere you know if it if it's impacted me even if it hasn't impacted me i try to to express thanks for that yeah. i've probably written more thank you notes than anybody you know on the planet because it's an important it's an important thing for me to to express thanks because if you're doing that you're not taking things for granted yeah. and that's where that's where things can go off the rails. So. Yeah. If you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sexual advice, what age or ages would you pick and what would you say? I'd probably go back to when I was about 18 and, and just say, you know, enjoy it, participate where, wherever you, you can willingly and, you know, with consent participate and, you know, it isn't, it isn't a shameful thing. It isn't an embarrassing thing and just embrace it too much of it. You know, in my life now certainly is trying to keep some of this secret so that my wife wouldn't find out about it because I know she would be hurt. Mm. But the flip side is, is that I'm not, I'm, I'm enjoying something that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. And so it takes some of the, some of the pressure off of her. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a sex question for me? So you're 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 with your master again. Is this the one that you had uh, that sexy journal with? Yes. Um, yes. Okay. On again, off again. Four years overall was this April, <laughs> which is <laughs> my longest relationship of any kind, and this is a strange <laughs> one. But yeah, we've recently hit a spot where we're refining communication and finding ways to get, like you said, mutual needs met and finding ways <laughs> to just, you know, communicate. I think we've hit a point where we are forced to deal with the reality that we want to keep each other in our lives and that that is logistically difficult. But we are just having some of the hottest sex possible when we do see each other. And so... Oh, that. That's cool. Yeah, and like that, that, it was we I had like a 6 week dry spell but then like we had a big conversation and on my birthday I just was able to melt and get everything, you know, that I'd been missing. Uh, and so, you know, well, I stay hopeful. I stay hopeful. I'm on the apps. We'll see if I can uh, meet more people, but but in the meantime, I just feel so deeply satisfied and anchored after a good session. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what it's about. So, yeah. and you know, and and two, and we're still in a climate where it's about safely meeting your needs. Yes, so exactly, exactly. 
And it's like very difficult to be like, oh, no, thank you to a person who like wants to have sex with me, who is safe and who will do everything I want. And so I'm more, you know, of the camp of like, okay, let's make sure that both our needs are met so we can do it. Yeah. Yeah, And one of the other podcasts I listened to, if you don't mind me mentioning another one or go for it. Yeah, I'm not there. I see them as allies. They're my and probably people I can learn from, you know. And this one's called The Curious Girl Diaries. And I know she's in California right now, too. I don't know if you ever heard of that one. No, I need to go check it out. Four or five years ago, she was a a successful businesswoman. She all of a sudden looked around and said she had a three and a half year dry spell without physical contact. And she was like, what am I doing? And so within within 10 days of that realization, she she had gotten on dating apps and was starting to see people. And this. The Curious Girl Diaries is her way of saying this is this is what I've been through. I mean, she didn't have any knowledge or she may have had knowledge of uh, a DS relationships and she got into one and she's like, I don't know if I can do anything else now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's just her, her whole um, thing about you know, meeting guys and and you know, vetting guys. Cause it's not like, you know, this is a lie one. And she's got her criteria. She needs tall guys and, and all this stuff. And she goes through <laughs> okay. all, and it's really, and it's really interesting to, uh, wow. to hear how somebody and, and uh, how she celebrates it and, and talks about how she's living her life now. Fuck. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah. I love it. Thomas, yeah. thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Well, um, I hope I provided you with enough fodder for entertainment for people. Um, I know there was a time when I started listening to you is like, would anybody really want to listen to a 60 year old guy? 